Okay, so some of you guys are going to think this is fucked up. Some of you guys are going to judge me for this. Um, and some of you guys are going to be really compassionate towards me and are grateful that I'm sharing this. Um, but I'm going to share with you some of my behaviors and experiences when I was going through my addiction, which was an eating disorder. I was addicted to food. I was addicted to the pleasure that I got from eating fatty and sugary foods. And I would make myself throw up because I felt guilty for eating all of that because I tied up my self-image, my body image with my self-image, with my sense of self-worth. And so any of you guys that have been through body image shit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That you can look in the mirror and even your body might get better, but you still judge yourself or think it's just not quite there. You know, don't feel confident when you take your shirt off. That's certainly what I felt. So I'm going to share with you a few stories that are going to be difficult for me to share that I really haven't shared much because of the difficulty, embarrassment, and shame I still have around them. But one way to get over shame is by sharing. So here we go. So basically, when I was going through this, smoking weed was a big part of this experience for me. I would smoke a lot of weed and I would get really hungry. I never ate as much food as when I started smoking weed. And I felt like weed gave me permission to eat a lot of food. I was like, oh, I'm high, so I got the munchies, so I'm going to eat a lot. Which isn't actually, you know, it's not true in the sense of I can still not eat, you know, eat healthy while I'm smoking weed kind of thing. But it was my excuse at the time. And so that's what I did. <clears throat> and it wouldn't be uncommon for me to go out, order a pizza, eat a full pizza with cheese and pepperoni and bacon, a full pizza to myself, a large pizza, then order in some ice cream. And then full as fuck at this point, super full, but my mind wasn't full. My mind still wanted more. My mind didn't want the night to end because I knew I had to face all the shame and guilt the next day. If I could just have pleasure for 10 or 15 more minutes of eating another ice cream, then you know, that, that's, what, that's what I did in that moment. So I would order another ice cream or I would go to a you know, shopper's drug mart and, and you know, get, pick up a few packs of candy or chocolate or something. And I would literally eat you guys until I could not eat another bite of like my favorite candy. And when you can't eat even one more bite of your favorite candy or you're going to throw up, you've stuffed yourself to the brim in a very extreme and unhealthy way. And that's exactly what I did. And this went on for a while. And then I would, the next week, I would eat just chicken and broccoli. Some, some days I would literally like eat only one meal and it would be like a chicken breast and a serving of broccoli. And that's all I would fucking eat because I starved myself because I believed I ate too many calories. So I have to, you know, get myself back because I was so afraid of becoming fat. I was so afraid of going back to where I was because I was a chubby kid when I was young and I got bullied for it. I got told I was fat. I felt fat. I judged myself. Um, my friends were not fat. My friends had, you know, these like skinny little six pack bodies and I always fucking was jealous of it. And so yeah, that was it. And so that, that was the pattern that I ran was this binge restrict cycle for years until I was about 18, I would say. This started when I was about 16, and anyway, when I was 18, luckily, because some people deal with bulimia for, you know, like 10 years. Um, I was lucky enough to just, to have suffered enough, I guess, to want to change it. And so I basically kind of just like stopped at it, convinced myself I was never going to do it again. And then a year, I hadn't done this. I hadn't made myself throw up for like nine uh, months. And I was so proud of myself and I felt like I got over it. And then lo and behold, it's, you know, I'm 19 years old and... Uh, I go to Subway and I eat, I, I don't even remember what I ate to be honest, but I was super fucking full and I made myself throw up in the Subway bathroom. And now these are the moments where I feel the most shame around. It's the times when I made myself throw up in a public washroom. It wasn't even like in my, a nice clean home washroom. It was in public on dirty floors that other people have walked on. I'm kneeling on the floor, 
putting my fingers in my throat, throwing up what I just ate from that same restaurant. Those are the moments that I've felt the most shame around. And that's, yeah, so, so that, that's, what, that's what happened, guys. And after that, that was the last time, I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, and then even if I binge ate, I never made myself throw up again after that because I knew how bad it was for me. I knew all that acid from all the vomit was going to fuck me up, fuck up my throat, um, fuck up my teeth. And so I, I stopped. And I didn't stop binge eating until um, I went to therapy. When I went to therapy, that's when I started to remove the emotion around it. I started to see where my shame came from, see where my guilt came from. And I was able to still eat lots of foods and even overeat. And when I say overeat, I mean eat to the point way past where my body needed it and unhealthy foods. But I didn't judge myself anymore. And then a couple years ago was like the final straw where I basically had this conversation with my dad and healed a big trauma there with him and felt loved by him for the first time um, since I can remember. And not that he wasn't there loving me, but what I needed to be loved I wasn't receiving. And I felt loved by him for the first time and that was like kind of the the trigger for me to to heal this whole thing. I didn't realize that the shame that I felt and the food, the eating disorder was to cover up all the shame around not feeling loved, not feeling good enough to be loved, not feeling lovable. And that, that's the deep shit, you guys. And so, by the way, you got to have respect and compassion for people with addictions and homeless people. A lot of people just judge homeless people. Like, go up and get a job, bro. Go apply for a job. But it's not that fucking simple, you guys. When you have so much pain inside because your dad beat the shit out of you or you were sexually abused by your uncle repeatedly and fucking physically abused. Um, and, you know, your parents split up and then they both left you in your foster home or whatever then you know what? You're going to want to use some fucking heroin to escape that inner pain. You're going to want to use food to escape that inner pain. And you feel so worthless that you never take action. You never go out and get a job because you literally don't feel like you deserve good shit in life. And I'm not excusing people. Everyone's always responsible. But we have to have a perspective of compassion for people that weren't given all the opportunities that we take for granted here in the Western world. Like, have, or for some of you that have just parents that have food on the table, or that you didn't get beat up when you were a kid, you know? Like, we have to have compassion. So anyways, you guys, that, that's basically uh, my story of bulimia and my addiction, and I'm very grateful for it now because all that pain led me down this path of wanting to help other men have a space because I had no men to go to to talk about this shit. I had no tools or education on what was happening, on the fact that shame was really driving this whole thing, on the fact that I had no awareness of my spirituality, no awareness of who I really am. So many things were missing. Um, Healthy habits, um, self-love practice, all these things I did not have because I was not educated and because our school system, I believe, actually failed us. Our school system did not give us what we really need to be fulfilled in life and happy, like emotionally happy uh, and tools to deal with this shit. And so I had to go out and learn it myself. But all that suffering and learning and time spent in my inner world, now I help other men do that. When other men have problems in their life, when they don't know what to do or they feel insecure or fear, I know how to overcome that shit because I've done it and I've studied it. So also, guys, there's always gifts. The most painful shit in our life is leading to our greatest growth and aliveness. I truly believe that now. So whatever pain you may be going through or have gone through, a great saying I love from Tony Robbins is when you find out the reason why your worst day was your best day, your whole life changes instantly. And that's certainly the truth. So love you guys. Uh, If you like this stuff, let me know um, because it's kind of embarrassing for me to share this. But if it's valuable for you to hear stories like this and hear some of the things I've been through and overcome, uh, please let me know. Shoot me a DM or a comment so I know that it's valuable so I share more of it. That's how I can add the most value, I believe, because... 
Without you guys, I'm just out here fucking guessing what you guys want to hear. <laughs> so uh, when you help, when you um, share what you like to hear, it really helps me out. So thank you guys, appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next. I'll see you on the next episode.